right, and we are back. UFC on ESPN 11, a.k.a. UFC Apex. We got Blades versus Volkov. And uh, this card actually looks a whole lot better than the last one. That last one was, uh, like on paper, it was it was, it was was one of the worst cards uh, yep. in, in recent memory. But I'm not complaining, you know, it's, it is what it is. It's like the leftovers from, you know, from, uh, you know, the quarantine. So yep. I'm not complaining, but... You know, there, there was a couple, but there was a couple of fights that were really good. Like I, I really enjoyed the Philly fight, Philly versus a uh, Jordan fight. Uh, that was a really good one. But yeah, it was a good card. But uh, but this card, uh, I really like it because um, there's actually some pretty good betting spots as well. Not not only that, but uh, there are some people that I would like to see fight here. You know, mm-hmm. so is there uh, anybody you're excited for? Good <clears throat> you like in this one? The matchups matchups that I'm excited for are. Let's see here. We have Frank Camacho versus Matt uh, Frevola. That, that should be, be a, a fun fight. Yeah, should be uh, a not a good bet though. A slobber knocker. Uh, it'll be you know one of those back and forth type fights to where the guys are going to end up you know seeing who has the better the more war of attrition type one of those things you know. <laughs> yep, yep. And yeah. then um, I am interested in watching Tisha Torres versus Brianna Van Buren, which they're okay. similar in skill set and it should be uh, back and forth. Small women. Yeah. Yeah, the reason why I like Tisha Torres' fights is not because I enjoy her watching her fights, but it's because I know that the fights are going to go to decision. And if you bet on overs on all Tisha Torres' fights, you're going to hit it. So. Yeah. <laughs> and this, you think this one's going to go over? I think likely. It'll oh, yeah, over, yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah. Um, and then um, then we have two on the main card, uh, Lyman Good versus Bilal Muhammad. That should be a pretty good fight as well. I'm, I'm guessing the over, but man, it's going to be a lot of... Uh, a lot of moments, heart attack moments in that one. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, and then the people's main event, which is Josh Emmett versus Shane Burgos, obviously. Mm, that's a really good one. That's a really good one. Those are two ranked guys. Wow, yeah. that's a close fight. I have no idea who's going to win that one. Yeah. So that's pretty much it. Those are the ones that stand out as far as uh, mm. most entertaining. Okay, cool. Let's uh, let's, let's break down this card then, and uh, let's just kind of get through it then. Um, right. First fight of the night, I, I don't know if this fight's still on. Is it Austin Hubbard versus Joe Selecki? Is that fight still on? Uh, that one got canceled. It canceled? Uh, okay, because I don't see the odds on it, bro, so. Yeah, uh, he's going to be fighting, uh, hold on, let me let me pull it up here. He's going to be fighting, uh, sorry, he being um, Austin Hubbard, he's going to fight this guy named Max Roscoff. Mm. And um, from what I just saw a little bit ago about Max, uh, it says, this is from MMA Junkie, it says, he's a Las Vegas resident, he trains under, he trains grappling under Robert Drysdale at Zenith okay. Jiu-Jitsu. He's a former standout wrestler at North Carolina University. Uh, okay. He made so his is he debut. like a Division One guy, or what is he? I haven't looked into that yet. Um, he's okay. only, he's he's still five and zero, oh, but he's so legit. What is he? is he a wrestler? Wrestling. Or he's a wrestler and Jiu-Jitsu. Okay. Uh, he's basically he's he's small. He'll be the shorter fighter, but he's like quicker and he has better wrestling and better Jiu-Jitsu. And he does all these like rolls and shit like. He's like fast. His, he's he explosive, and he's. Um, I'm not sure what his rank is yet, so I don't want to. I don't want to speak out right, of turn. Right. Sure. But um, well, it's not for it either. So. Yeah. So, but from the videos that I saw, like the his uh, grappling clips, he's very like explosive and like he's he'll snatch. He'll basically uh, get you, and he'll just like take you down at various ways, basically. Okay. So this guy by decision then, pretty much. Uh, oh, by decision, I'm not sure about by, de- by decision. He might be able to get that uh, sub in there. 
Um, oh, shit. Freaking uh, Hubbard went three rounds with, uh, what's his face? Um, that little fort fire hydrant uh, Brazilian dude. Got his name, the champion, the jiu-jitsu champion. Um, what's his name again? Uh, Don Ramos. Don Ramos. Ramos. Okay. Yeah, he went three rounds with him, so I don't see a reason why this guy wouldn't. So who, <laughs> that, let's, let's just pick the other guy by decision. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I'm definitely like, if the, if he opens as a, a dog, I'm definitely gonna be putting like blindly putting uh, a couple of units on him uh, oh. on Max. Yeah, well maybe the over. I'll look into the over because Hubbard mm-hmm. is really 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 tough dude, mm-hmm. but also he's also kind of a decision fighter as well. So yeah, you know, so that's a a principal play I guess. Yeah. All right, next fight is Roxanne Modafferi versus Lauren Murphy at uh, 125 pounds, I believe. Yeah, mm-hmm. 125 pounds. Uh, Moda Ferry is negative 120, and um, Lauren Murphy is plus 100. It'll probably be a split decision either way. Um, the over is negative 310. Very, very expensive, but that's likely to hit. Mm-hmm. Um, I might even put a small lean towards Lauren Murphy um, at plus 100, so why not take her by the Her decision line is plus 140. That I, I don't. I, I would rather take the money line at plus 100. You know, I'm not gonna be greedy. So, um, lean towards Ron Murphy, but it'll be a sloppy uh, over. So. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about this one a lot, and um, went back and watched tape on um, Modafferi and then Murphy. Um, <clears throat> so it's we have uh, Modafferi. She is a super OG in the game. She has what 41 professional fights. And uh, we have Lauren Murphy. She's 12 and four, so she has uh, 16 fights. Um, <clears throat> uh, Lauren Murphy is five five. Modafferi is five seven. Modafferi has a 69 inch reach, and Murphy has a 67 inch reach. They're both orthodox. Um, Murphy lands at 3.76 strikes per minute, 3.06 for Modafferi. So. Uh, Murphy's a little higher in that area. Um, strikes absorbed, um, 4.80 for uh, Modafferi, and then 4.02 for Murphy. So sh- Murphy lands a little bit more and uh, eats less, a little bit less shots. I think that uh, I've watched Murphy's entire MMA career. Uh, I think all, maybe maybe like all but like one or two fights in the beginning. That's, that's a pretty sad statement. <laughs> um, so I've watched her grow. Uh, watched some of her regional um, Alaska fights before she even got into, before she even came to the big leagues. Um, she, she's not great, but I think she's going to do enough to uh, outpoint Modafer here. She's not going to get out grappled. She won't get subbed. She won't get. Um, if she gets taken down, like it'll maybe just be once, and she'll be able to get back up. But she, I don't, I don't think she'll get taken down by Modafer. I think she'll probably get Modafer down. Um, people yeah. are making a big deal about uh, how Modafferi is um, uh, like new and improved, and she's uh, doing all these uh, squats or deadlifts or whatever it is on on her Instagram where she is looking jacked. It's like, I mean, okay, she's exercising. That's good. But then her her two big wins that people are, are uh, so high about or high on are um, against Valentina's older sister. What's her name? Um, yeah, the bum sister. Yeah, what? Yeah, Antonina Shevchenko. Yeah, so people are like, oh yeah, she beat her. Yeah, whatever. She took her down, and yeah. Anyway, so she beat her, and we we already seen in her last fight that Antonina has zero takedown uh, defense and no skills on the ground defensively, and then she beat uh, she beat uh, that over she beat that hype chick uh, Macy Barber in her last fight. Uh, Macy was looking a little confused on the feet at first, 
and then she got she she or she hurt her was her ankle or something like that. So at first, um, what's her face? Montefiore was leading the dance. I give her, I'll give her that. But then um, Barbara ended up injuring herself anyway. So she she couldn't throw any hard punches. She couldn't stand straight. So um, yeah. Even in that fight, also, she what's her face barely landed any uh, strikes, Montefiore. So she had a girl who was injured for like at least two full rounds, a little bit more than two full rounds, and Montefiore only landed 19 significant strikes in 15 minutes, and she had took her down once uh, with 10 passes. So she barely landed any strikes, and she was fighting an, an injured person who could You're barely. leading toward the Murphy then. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> to summarize, yeah, basically I'm going with Murphy. Uh, I have no um, – I'm not going to put big money on it, but I feel confident that she's going to get the W in here. Okay. I mean, she'll probably get the W. It'll probably be a split decision, and it'll just be really ugly. Yeah, I mean, she is lucky. Lucky Lauren Murphy's her nickname, by the way. Oh, well. Well. All right. Uh, moving on, we have uh, Matt Frevola versus Frank Camacho at Lightweight. Um, this one should be a pretty good fight. The uh, odds are pretty much even at one ten apiece. Um, this is gonna be a really, really just. Uh, it's gonna be a war of attrition. These guys are just gonna bang it out until somebody drops. Um, like, I think. I mean, we we've seen both guys get cracked before and get knocked out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we've seen guys. We and then we've seen both these guys actually take really hard punches and, and still stand there like these guys are, are, are they're, they're, they're really tough dudes you know they've been put out before but they're like generally they're, they're they're both pretty pretty tough yeah um i mean like even what met forever like, like he, he he got knocked out by um what's that mexican dude uh he got um, polo reyes yeah polo reyes knocked him out and like like just booped him and just he, he went down you know yeah and then the next fight he went and fought you know lando Venata and he was just taking some some clean counters and some pretty hard shots, and he didn't go down, you know. So um, that might might have been the jitters for him, you know. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, Frank is he's a pretty tough dude too, but you know his issue is he always gasses. Yeah. But um, I I've, I've seen him recently, and he looks like he's in uh, better shape. I think I think I'm not 100 percent sure, but he was training with Team Oyama, which is a really good team for him as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe maybe he fixed those issues, you know, when he fought against uh, Nick Hine, he looked really really good and new and improved. And then obviously he ran into like a fucking buzzsaw and fucking Benil Darish and you know that's no no shame in that off as well. So with this fight, man, it's impossible to pick a winner for me. Um, I'm gonna I'm a gun I'm gonna go with Matt Frevola just because I think he's a really dogged fighter. Like I mean, not to say that uh, Camacho isn't either, but you know like just like uh, like it, it, I, I would have to see Camacho's uh, cardio put to the test and see if he doesn't gas out again. Mm-hmm. Like he he did show me you know a good gas tank against Hine and, and he looked clean there so maybe he did fix it but like that was only one fight that he did it against and so hard for me to tell and I, I know for sure Frevla has a, a really good tank in him so yeah. uh, I'm gonna go with Frevla by decision um, I think the decision line is actually pretty good too it's uh, let's see fight goes over two and a half is a negative one sixty so um, it's it's for sure one of those fights where if you did take the over you probably have a heart attack like. From, from the, the from the first ten seconds of the fight, mm-hmm. but I think uh, I think it'll go decision. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody gets knocked out just because these two guys are bangers. But um, um, yeah, I just think both both these guys got a motor on them, and uh, it, it'll be a, a fight of the night type uh, type fight, which I don't understand why it's so so low on the card. And then they got fucking some bullshit like Raquel Pennington way up there. Like man, UFC uh, they they just can't get right. 
But anyways, yeah. it's fun fight. I'm gonna lean towards Prevola, but I think I'm I'm think when, when it comes down to the money wise, I'm probably gonna put a bet on the over two and a half. Hmm. Yeah, this is gonna be a great fight. Um, as you know, like I think almost all of uh, Kamasha's fights are like. Thank Super you. entertaining, and uh, yeah. I, th- I want to say he gets fight of, of fight of the night a lot, but both I can't. Of them. Yeah, both of them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so basically, <clears throat> I originally kind of just blind betted Camacho for a unit, and prior to looking into it a little bit more, and then uh, the reason why I'm sw- I, I switched my bet to Frevola is because. Uh, number one, this is going to be in a smaller cage, and I forgot to mention in the uh, the previous fight we just broke down the uh, Lauren Murphy fight and uh, Montefiore, how uh, Lauren Murphy and Frevola, Matt Frevola, are going to do similar things as far as they're going to at some point they're going to get their opponents against the cage and uh, rough them up a little bit and keep them there, kind of tire them out, just kind of steal the round that way. Shit. You know what? Come come to think of it, it is a smaller cage and that's, that's more engagement, and these guys are fucking gonna engage so maybe that i shouldn't take the over on this one now I'm, I'm having second thoughts on that so i think that um we've seen we've seen that when it's uh two two pure strikers we're going to get uh, a knockout usually uh when it's a a guy who's a wrestler or a guy or a guy who's able to mix it up versus a, a pure striker uh that grapple that guy who could mix it up more is going to be he's going to have the advantage he's going to be yeah. working against a cage he's going to get those takedowns um going to be just gonna, it, right? yeah so that's that's Frevolo's whole game uh yeah. he entered he entered the UFC and like people thought he was going to beat Polo Reyes uh, pretty handily because of his wrestling but then yeah. he decided to come in and just stand and bang and he got banged in the face real hard yeah um and then he started to do his. He he started to do in his next fight against Venata. He started to do what everyone expected him to do. Uh, he just lost a close fight. He got a. It was 66 significant strikes versus 67. He did and, well. He did really good in there. Yeah, and then he got he got two takedowns on Lando Venata. Venata got one, and it was a decision. Ended up in the decision. So you know, it's. I wasn't really mad about that. And then in his uh, second, his third fight, he. Um, he got four takedowns and uh, uh, seven passes against Jalen Turner. He won a UD in that one, unanimous decision. Yeah. And then uh, his most recent win it was over. A, it was a close fight. Uh, people were kind of well. I mean, he went to a split decision. It just depends on who you ask. Um, I thought he edged it. Uh, I, thought he did, I thought he did enough to beat Pena. So it was a uh, a split decision. Split decision. He landed. Yeah, I think he earned it. It was yeah. a close fight, though. He definitely earned it, but it was a close fight. If he yeah. fought again, it would be a definitely a close, a close fight once again. Yeah. So he landed four takedowns uh, and one pass on uh, Pena. And uh, striking was about about even, just three uh, three strikes uh, difference in that one. Um, so how I think this is going to go is we're going to see Frevola. He's going to start off. Frevola or Frevola? Anyways. Who cares? <laughs> Who, cares? Who cares at this point? As long as, as long as he makes his money, right? I don't really yeah. care. Yeah, you're right. Uh, yeah, as long as was he steamroller, right? As long as the steamroller uh, makes us money, that's all that matters. Frivola. Okay. Yeah. So Matt, the steamroller Frivola. <laughs> all right. So all right. I, th- I think he's gonna open up uh, striking with Camacho, and he's gonna just do his thing, and then he's going to find his his uh, moment to uh, push Camacho against the cage, and then he's going to uh, go for a single leg at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think I don't think we'll see any doubles in this one. He'll get he'll he'll um, He'll rough Camacho up against the cage a little bit at first, 
and then I don't think you'll be able to get a takedown in the first round because Camacho will still be fresh. But right. as as we've seen with Camacho in the past, at 155 he is tired by the third round, and yeah. that's why that's why he went up to 170, <clears throat> and uh, got his head kicked off by Jeff Neal. <laughs> yeah. 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 That was um, a pretty brutal one. But uh, like I said, you know, it depends on what shape what shape he's in as well. Just because you know when he was training with Timo Yama, he looked like. He looked, he looked brand new up in there. Like, when he fought that, that Nick Hyden fight, he looked sharp. He looked like he was in good shape, and he had good cardio. So, I, I don't know what shape he's in now, but, um, you know, it, you know, it's, again, this is, it's going to be a crazy fight. <laughs> so, oh, know, I mean, one, it, one, yeah. But, it, but, but, Nick, yeah. it was Nick Hyden, though. True, exactly. Nick Hyden is not very dangerous. Nick Hyden has zero power, and he's five feet, six inches. Yeah. And uh, he's retired, by the way. Yeah, he, true. He's uh, he finished his career with three losses in a row. Um, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, regardless, yeah. Still, yeah, not, to, not to mention he's 35 years old, but whatever. Right. <clears throat> anyway, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. what's it called? Yeah, so I just think uh, for, I think this is a good match for for Vola, especially in the smaller cage. Um, better cardio, better gra- uh, better wrestling. Um, we, there's that mythical uh, jujitsu that uh, Frank Camacho has that he never uses, uh, so I don't think that's going to be a, a problem here. He's got um, some good. good I, I like I like a lot of his foot sweeps. Mm. He's got he's got really really good foot sweeps. Yeah. Um, like like uh, like he he landed uh, he landed one on um on a uh, the leech or was it the leech I forget who he landed on but yeah he, he uh, I, I like him. Like, but then that yeah, but I get I get it too. Yeah, he doesn't use his juice at all. Like, mm-hmm. so. um, if it if it stays like if if it was like somehow a pure striking fight, uh, Frank Camacho would win just by volume. Yeah. But but um, gonna mix it up. He's going to yeah, Frevolo is going to mix it up. And he's going to do enough to uh to get the decision. Um, and that's decision pretty much it. Like? I don't know what is it. Money lines. Oh man, knock it off. Give me, give me like two hundred, and I'll take it. Money line is what minus one fifteen for Matt. Yeah, I might as well just take the money line. Yeah. One eighty isn't too bad, but I, I would like it two fifteen or not, then I'll take it. Oh. We'll, we'll see if, if any movement happens there, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm actually uh, agreeing. I'm agreeing as well. It, yeah. it would be a close fight, and I'm giving the edge to Favola just because he's the more willing partner to. Um, you know, uh, like really just gun for those takedowns, you know, and, and even if um, even if uh, Camacho does, you know, like trip uh, uh, Frivola to the ground, like I, I don't think he can hold, I don't think he can hold Frivola down just because of how active Frivola is, you know, and how yeah. much of an energizer type cat he is, you know, so yeah, yeah, uh, I'll, I'll lean towards him. Yeah. Okay, next fight we have um, a women's flyweight bout with, between Courtney Casey and Jillian Robertson. Uh, the odds are Jillian Robertson at negative 120. The comeback on Courtney Casey is plus 100. Um, women fight again. You know I'm not a fan of them. However, I do have a lean on this one here, and my lean is going to be Courtney Casey. Um, I'm not super confident in it just because like I, I you know, it's, it's fucking Courtney Casey. You know, <laughs> so um, she's barely like a 500 fighter. So well, um, the reason why I think so is because um, I think Jillian Robertson probably has a better wrestling and prob and a whole lot better top game as well. Um, but I think in this matchup, I think uh, if... Well, let, let me just start it off by saying that this, the stand-up wise, Jillian Robertson, the, I, I, you can tell that when she gets hit, like, she, she squinces. She gets she, she doesn't like getting hit. 
and uh, she doesn't move her head at all. She, ha- I don't think she has like she, I think she has zero striking defense, and her only defense when it comes to striking is her shooting for a takedown. And for her to her to shoot a like takedown, I've seen her like shoot really really bad takedowns and then end up pulling guard and getting and getting lunk and getting TKO'd, you know. So this girl panics on the feet, and so the only safe haven for her is to constantly shoot for takedown and and scramble with her opponents, you know. And in this case, Courtney Casey is not going to scramble with her because Courtney Casey sets up a guard. She sets up, uh, you know, a closed guard. You know, she'll throw elbows off the bottom and throw submissions and arm bars and things like that. And so it's not going to give Jillian Robertson that opportunity to scramble and get to, to her opponent's back like how a lot of her other opponents do. Like, you know, when they're on their back, they're, they're uncomfortable, they're squirming, they're squirming out, and then Jillian, Jillian Robertson catches a, a submission out of the scramble, and that's what she wants. But I don't think Courtney Casey's going to scramble. Courtney's going to throw elbows off the bottom. She's going to, you know, throw up arm bars. We've seen it in Courtney Casey's last fight. She threw up an arm bar and, and, and set it up and, you know, and caught the arm bar on uh, whatever the other chick's name is. And we've seen Jillian Robertson be in, on top of uh, Beno Silva's uh, guard and get caught in the armbar. So it just it just makes sense. So I, I'm going to pick Courtney Case here. Um, I'm going to actually take her by finish just because I know that Robertson is a type of killer be killed type fighter. And the fact that she doesn't like getting hit. And then also, you know, I wouldn't be surprised, like I mentioned, like Courtney Casey, you know, losing because she keeps falling off her back and she loses the fight off of her back, you know. So um, that's always been her problem. That's why she has so many freaking submission uh, decision losses because she she always gets to put on her back and you know you know she's a, a you know uh, loses decisions that way. So I think Roberts by decision is also you know a play if you're on Roberts inside. But yeah, I'm, I'm on Courtney. What's her uh, yeah, finish? I can't believe I, I, can't believe I broke down the freaking. Okay. Okay. Finish line is 3:30. So I mean that's that that's a, that's a no-brainer for me. So. All right. Um, last time I got um, Courtney Casey against whoever she fought last time um, I got her at uh, like the decision line Mara Morello something not the decision line I got Courtney Casey's submission line at plus nine nine something so it was like it was like around plus 950 or something like that so um, that was a nice one so hopefully we can get a a juicy uh, submission line again for um, for Courtney Casey um at plus 100, I like Courtney Casey here. Um, originally, I was just kind of on the fence about it, just because I know that she's easy to be, easy to be taken down, and that Robertson. Yeah, super easy to take down, and Robertson's a good wrestler. Yeah, okay. I mean she she's alright. Robertson's she Robertson has good enough wrestling to take her down. Um, thing with Robertson is she's dangerous when she's on your back, but she she's not good at she's not good anywhere else. Even if she's on top, she's not good on top. Like when she's like. When she's in your guard or yeah, or, or side control or whatever, she's she's not good at that spot. Um, and um, if if it if she for some reason can't get that takedown, then she's fucked because um, Casey has much better uh, striking. She has uh, long arms. So, so let me start off by reading their stats. We have Courtney Casey. Really good chin too. Uh huh. Courtney Casey's five seven. Uh, Jillian Robertson is uh, five five. Courtney Casey is, has a sixty seven inch reach, and Robertson has a sixty three inch reach. So uh, Casey is two inches taller and has four inches of reach advantage. Um, we have strikes landed per minute is four point seven two for Courtney Casey, two point eight two point one eight for um, Robertson. So it's, it's like over it's over a two point gap there or difference, whatever. Um, <clears throat> 
And um, and then we already talked about the wrestling, big wrestling uh, uh, difference there. Um, what I like about or what I like about this uh, matchup is that, aside from the stuff we already mentioned, is that um, Courtney Casey has been training. Uh, she trains with her boyfriend a lot, who is uh, Drakkar Close, and um, that helped her actually helped her in her last fight. I noticed some of the stuff they're doing on uh, that they're posting and stuff, like some of the stuff they're like the training stuff they're posting. It, it kind of showed up in the cage. Um, and I had a feeling that she's going to use her jujitsu more, which she did. That's why I took the line, uh, submission line. Yeah, me too. And, and then uh, Jillian Robertson, she um, she left AK, sorry, not AK. She left ATT uh, along with Di- her her coach Dean Thomas or D- Dean Thomas. They both left ATT together. So now um, Jillian Robertson has a head coach who is just a pure jujitsu guy, and so she doesn't have a. She doesn't have anyone who's good as a as an MMA coach. Um, <clears throat> it kind of reminds me of uh, of Tony back when he fought when he lost to uh, uh, Justin recently, and he's like they yeah. wanted to have they wanted to have uh, Eddie Bravo step in like yeah he's as an MMA coach. He's, he's like what the fuck. <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, it's this is as long as Courtney Casey could stop herself from getting put like just you know taken down and just put on her back and staying there for an extended period of time she should win yeah. she's she's kind of like better in every area except for uh the wrestling and yeah. Robinson wrestling is not even great it's just that casey's takedowns are not good or takedown defenses are not good yeah. um, so we'll see uh yeah courtney casey plus 100 uh right now is the is a play for me and then i'll i'll look for her uh subline to see if it's going to be like plus 500 or better yeah, and uh, and just just for note too, like I, I still treat, you know, these these type um these type of uh, low level MMA fights the same. Like you still gotta, I still gotta like uh, use half a unit sizes for fights like these, just because, you know, as as much as I broke down the fight and you know think uh, Casey, uh, you know K- Casey will, you know, win the way she wins. Like the ne- next thing you know, when when the fight happens, she starts playing off, fighting off her back and getting stuck on her back. Like oh, and I'm just young at the TV. Like oh my god, this is why I don't bet on women fighting. Because shit like that happens, you know. So, yeah. but that, that's my breakdown. <laughs> All right. Um, we have a middleweight fight. We have um, Mark Andre Barrio versus Oscar Pichota. Um, the odds on this is Pichota is a small favorite at 135, negative 135, and they come back on Mark Andre is plus 115. Both these guys are not that great. Um, that's my thoughts on middleweight is middleweight is pretty um it's a pretty bad division as far as like depth goes and um these guys are just yeah neither of them are very good like um Pichota this guy is super duper awkward on the feet he's um apparently he's a black belt but I don't know man apparently he's a jiu-jitsu black belt and uh just I don't know I, I just I'm not sure yeah, you hit this guy a couple a couple a couple of times, and then uh, he you know his black belt turns into white belt, so because mm-hmm. he gets hit so much, you know. Yeah. Mark Andre Barrio or whatever his name is, um, he's very one dimensional. He's just he's he's good with his. I mean, he's got power. He's a puncher, you know. That's pretty much all he is. He, he's not. He doesn't have much of a ground game. He's kind of a tough, you know, kind of a tough dude, like kind of a brute, you know. And he's trying to get in your face mm-hmm. and land and, and land punches. So that's that's pretty much all he's good at. He's just a really big puncher really tough, hard-headed dude. 
and both of them are a little bit lower on the lower end on the uh, athleticism scale as well. So it's going to be another sloppy middleweight fight. Um, I'm going to go probably with uh, the underdog just because it's, uh, you know, I'm just going to go with the underdog because it's, they're both sloppy fighters. And Pichota looks like he can't take a punch and he's uh, yeah, laid out by the Hawaiian cat last time. So, yeah. And then Mark Andre, uh, he could punch pretty hard. So why, why not? You know, so I'll go with that. But um, I'll probably put like some, some, you know, some pocket change on this fight on, on the underdog, maybe by knockout. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah, bump fight. So I'm, I'm not with it. Yeah, this is the only one. Um, this is the only fight that I am kind of not sure who's gonna win. Or I mean, I don't have a, a strong read on either fighter. I should say. Yeah. Um, it's a sloppy fight, man. Yeah. Like, I didn't realize, so, like, I remember their names, but I didn't realize that they both have so many fights in the UFC already. <laughs> like, um, yeah. Mark andre Berrio is, uh, he's on a three-fight lose, so he's 0-3 in the UFC, and I didn't yeah. realize he had that many fights in the UFC. In middleweight is so, like, barren that, yeah. that this guy, they keep still keeping him around just because, like, fuck, who else have we got, you know? Yeah. And then uh, Oscar Piachota, he's also on a three-fight losing streak in the UFC. And I don't know. He like so he's he's two and three in the UFC. He beat Jonathan Wilson and Tim Williams in his first two fights. Who those guys are not even in the UFC anymore. Um, and then he lost Samir Sharp, Rodolfo Vieira, and Puna Sor- Puna Soriano. Who are he's all three of those guys are good. Um, okay. <clears throat> so um, I think that I think that we're going to have um, I think we're going to see uh, Mark Andre Barrio win this one. Um, I wanted to bet his decision line, but then. Uh, I wasn't sure how Oscar's chin's gonna hold up, so I just at plus one fifteen, I'm just gonna go with uh, Mark Andre Burial. Um, yeah, why not? Just go with that. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. So, um, what's his face? Um, Pichota doesn't, uh, you know, he doesn't get any takedowns, so he's not like a, he's not good at takedowns. So, no. what's his face? Burial uh, doesn't have really much to worry about, so he could just strike whenever he wants to. Um, I mean, he still has to watch out for him getting laced up and, you know, having get his back taken against the cage, you know? Yeah. Like, you know, like, what if he gets to, like, a rear waist lock and, you know, jumps on the back? I, I can see Pichota doing that and getting it to the ground if he gets, you know, gets the rear waist and, you know, jumps on his back. So, mm-hmm. sloppy fight, man. I'm, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. I'll take the Canadian plus 115. All right. Same. I'll go with that, all too. Right. Um, all right. Lightweight fight is lightweight. Oh, no, a women's throwaway fight between Tisha Torres and Brianna Van Buren. Um, two of the smallest fighters in the league. Um, they're, they're both probably like five, five foot, five one. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw Brianna Torres, oh, no, Brianna Torres, uh, Brianna Van Buren fight in her debut against a Brazilian chick. Mm-hmm. She looked pretty good. I like her yeah. striking. She, she threw a lot of combinations, what, is, what I like. You don't really see that very often yeah. with... Uh, Women fighters, or even just MMA fighters in general, where they 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 throw in combination. But yeah, Van Buren was throwing a lot of combinations. You know, a lot, sometimes she even ended it with like low kicks as well. Um, that that I, I like that about fighters. You know, I like guys, girls, or you know, fighters in general that throw output. And she has some of that. And you know, she uh, she's a pretty decent southpaw too. She has a, a nice little left right kick. Um, yeah, I think Brianna Van Buren's a, not a bad fighter, and and I think she says she comes from a wrestling background as well. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna go with her, um, probably by decision, just because Tisha Torres is very hard to finish her, and um, Tisha uh, couldn't bust a grape, 
So, you know, <laughs> what, what, what the fuck are you going to do, you know? Yeah. And um, Tisha Torres is more of like a kicker. Like, she, she kind of, re- she takes back steps and she tries to, like, kick. And I feel like that style just, I don't know. I don't know how she got so many wins in the first place. But she's very tough, you know. She's pretty strong girl herself. Um, I think the wrestling might cancel out. Um, but I might even give the edge to Brianna Van Buren on the wrestling and uh, I think Brianna has better striking, so like it's a no-brainer for me to take her by decision. However, I'm looking at the decision line right now. It's negative 155, so miss me with that shit. Fuck all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so Tisha Torres has went through like, like one, two, like t- like two or three different uh, phases in her career. Uh, I've I've seen all her fights for sure. Uh, back when she first started out on the Ultimate Fighter, or not even ult- prior to the Ultimate Fighter, she was she was in an Invicta. Uh, I've seen her in Victor fights and then her, um, wow. all her other fights. A lot of, uh... Anyway, good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I do. I definitely have an extensive database when it comes to women's MMA. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, yeah. and I don't, so yeah, yeah except for the, the ex- except for these newer chicks that came, who came along in the past year and a half. Uh, I, I don't know a lot of them cause they came out of random, like no places like, like they weren't right. on, they weren't on the tough show. They weren't. They just came out of random places because Tuff's not around mm. anymore. Anyway, yeah. so um, where are we at here? Oh, yeah. Uh, so Tisha Torres has had a uh, like two or three different phases in her career. So back when she was known as the Tiny Tornado, she was... The Tiny Tornado. Yeah. She was, fa- <laughs> she was, she was fast. She was just like... Uh, I can't think of... I can't think of uh, what she was fast like. Maybe like Speedy Gonzalez, that little, uh, little mouse cartoon yeah, yeah but she would she used to be fast uh fast like uh, lateral movement in and out and like throwing a bunch of uh kicks and punches that did no damage yeah, but there's yeah. there was a lot of them that's how she got her all those wins and uh then she lost to tisha torres back uh uh back in the day like four years ago <clears throat> or five or whenever it was and then and then she kept doing her thing again but then she ran into um she ran into uh, Jessica Andrade, and she ran into someone who is was much stronger than she was, and she got she got out grappled or basically out wrestled in that fight. So then she she came back. She took she took some time off, and she started to work on her um, her wrestling and grappling. And she started to put that's that's when she started putting on a bunch of extra weight, like muscle. So now she's like real jacked compared to what she used to be back in Invicta. Mm. <clears throat> um, but that also changed her style. Her style. She went from a, a fast, little, speedy person to a person who is uh, focusing on taking girls down more now, and just uh, holding them against the cage, uh, and trying to just like she's trying to mix it up more. But that's also resulted in her having less output in her striking, a lot less. Um, what I've noticed, and as for Brianna Van Buren, what I noticed in her uh, previous fight against uh, Livia. Uh, Lavinia, whatever you want to call her. Um, <clears throat> Lavinia is known for uh, having. She's she's super lazy. She's super skilled, but she's super lazy. And if you notice her, if you go back and watch that fight against uh, uh, Brianna, <clears throat> uh, Lavinia was. She looked like she was skinny fat. Like she had like. She was slim, but she had like no muscle definition. And she uh, she's known for gassing. Like maybe towards the end of the second round. Um, she she didn't look great in that fight, and um, it was it was still it was still close, but she didn't look great. Um, and what I noticed from um, 
Brianna is that she her striking was is more fluid more fluid than I think um, Tisha Torres's uh, Tisha's striking is at this point. Um, but I do think her I, th- I do think that Brianna's wrestling is being a little or a lot overrated here. Um, <clears throat> what's her face? Uh, Lavinia is not she's she's easy to take down and she kind of accepts the takedown sometimes because she has good jujitsu. And uh, Tor- uh, Tisha Torres is they're around the same height. Uh, Brianna and Tisha are around the same height, and but I think Tisha's a little stronger, and she also has a good takedown defense and can also get wrest- uh, also get takedowns herself. Even though Brianna is a more uh, maybe skilled wrestler uh, outside of MMA, I think that <clears throat> I think that we'll see a split decision here. Um, I guess I'm leaning towards uh, Brianna. I'm definitely not confident like I, I was prior to uh, going back and doing some tape tape on the fight. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think if I was going to bet this fight, the the line that would make the best sense would be um, Torres at uh, Torres plus two fifty five now for decision. Now she's at plus two forty. Um, yeah, that's that, that's a little too wide of a line. Yeah, because like. That's the only way she's yeah, going to win. That's a, wide, so, that's a very wide line. Like, I would definitely play that as well. Like, that's a silly line. Like, it shouldn't be that wide. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm still picking, you know, Van Buren. But, yeah, it should not be that wide, so. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, can't, I, want, I want Van Buren to win. But let's, let's look at it like this. They're both she, – I don't – she, if she gets a takedown, she'll get, like, one at most. She's not going to be – she's not going to be fucking uh, Tisha Torres. And they – I think that striking's gonna cancel each other out. Like Brianna Van Buren, she's not. She didn't land the whole. She didn't land like a ton of strikes against uh, Lavinia. Okay. Like she, she definitely won that fight uh, in the striking realm, but she didn't like. She didn't land so many strikes where it's like, oh yeah, she's definitely going to win the striking against uh, Tisha. Like she right, landed. Right. She, she landed seventy-two strikes, which is good for a woman, but that's still not considered high output. For, uh, yeah, yeah. especially for a, a light or a small girl like her. So, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a close fight. I want her to win, but I think it's going to be a split or, or uh, with maybe even um, Tisha winning um, with her uh, veteran savvy. But, yeah, um, maybe yeah I guess... Maybe you want to take the plus three and a half on, her, on Tisha Torres, maybe, <laughs> whenever that line comes up. That'll be, like, super juiced. Yeah. 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 Well, maybe, um, yeah. So yeah, I want I want Brianna Van Buren to win, but I mean I could easily see her losing this, uh, either straight like outright or um, losing it by split. Uh, I definitely wouldn't go big. Uh, I don't know. For me, I, w- I don't even want to put a, a bet on Brianna Van Buren because her her decision line is juiced, and so is her money line. So it's there's no there's no way to make money on this fight confidently on on her. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, one uh, we're move, we're moving back up to lightweight. It's uh, Bobby Green versus Clay Guida. Bobby Green is the uh, favorite here at negative 235, and they come back on Guida at plus 195. Um, if you scaled back the clock maybe three years, um, the money would definitely be on Clay Guida. But now that Guida is 38 years old, he's been finished his last seven in his last seven losses. He is, you know, a 38-year-old lightweight who is a wrestler, and usually those guys don't age very well. Mm-hmm. And um, Bobby Green is a lot younger. He's a bit of a head case himself. You know, you, you know, sometimes it's really hard to tell where his head's at or 
where he's at with, um, you know, if he's even taking fighting seriously or anything like that, you know. But um, I think Bobby Green is younger. He's He could match the re- – at this point, I think his wrestling might even be better than Clay Guida's. I think he's actually going to end up putting Clay Guida on his back in this fight just because of how broken Clay Guida is these days. And, um, like, I'm, I'm expecting Bobby Green to uh, piece him up on the feet and uh, match him in the wrestling and then uh, eventually put him away. So that's uh, that's my play on this one. And um, like I said, like, like three, years, three ago, years ago, I definitely, definitely. I mean, I mean the, these odds shouldn't, odds shouldn't, you know, shouldn't be this wide. But, you know, at, at this stage of their careers, yeah, that that's a Bobby Green winner there for me. All right. So <clears throat> if this was so three years ago, if this was three years, actually, not even three years ago, what are we in, 2020? Uh, if this was like six years ago, I would take uh, Bobby Green over um, over Clay Guida. Three years ago, uh, Bobby Green was still shit. Um, uh, both of them were still shit. But, I mean, they've been sh- both of them have been shit for a while, but Clay Guida still uh, still wants it more. Um, so <clears throat> let's start with... Um, Let's start with uh, the stats. We have Clay Guida. He is 5'7". Bobby Green's 5'10". And then we have Clay Guida has a 70-inch reach. Bobby Green has a 71-inch reach. So Green is going to be the taller guy. um, But then he'll also be punching down. So there's that. He's going to be a way better puncher. Regardless. Yeah. I think he's going to. Yeah. So strikes landed per minute are uh, we have 2.45 for clay guida and then 4.95 for uh bobby green so it's a big difference there and the strikes landed per minute for uh bobby green and then uh grappling takedown uh average per minute is uh 3.39 versus 1.12 for um so basically it's a big difference there for uh, clay guida in the, in the wrestling so <clears throat> the reason why i'm picking against uh against uh, bobby green and going with Clay Guida, number one, yeah, Clay Guida is old um, for MMA, but MMA M- for MMA years, Bobby Green is also old. Maybe not like, uh, maybe, maybe Bobby Green is younger, but they're both old for MMA. Um, we have Clay Guida, who's still training hard. Uh, he's been he's been training hard, uh, updating his uh, social media. He's still training with uh, um, all those guys at Alpha Male who are still hungry. Uh, so he's been working, still training, working on his wrestling and striking all that shit. And then um, Bobby Green, he he has a full time job. He works. Um, I don't remember if it was a security guard or some shit, but he's he's a part time fighter, and that has shown because he is what one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. He's one in six in his last uh, seven fights, and he's on a two fight losing streak. Uh, He's basically how I've seen his career go in the UFC is that he even even when he was winning fights uh, like let's say his uh, fight against Josh Thompson back in 2014 that's when he before he went on that long losing streak he still barely pulled that out and uh, he landed like 59 strikes and there was no takedowns in that fight he barely pulled that out and that was because Josh Thompson was uh, just fucking around in his hometown of San Jose he just thought he was gonna win and. He didn't, wasn't really doing shit, and um, that was a, still a split decision win. Uh, anyway, so he was still like not really caring at that moment, and then he lost. Uh, uh, then he started. He went on that uh, streak of losing, so he lost uh, to uh, Barboza in a close, uh, like fifty to fifty-four strikes uh, striking battle. 
Then you lost to uh, Dustin Poirier, knockout. You lost to Rashid Magomedov, uh, a split decision, 75 or 75 strikes. Then you lost to Lando Venata. Venata landed 104 strikes on him and four takedowns. Uh, then he beat uh, the ghost of Eric Koch back in like two years ago. Let me go back to Rashid Magomedov just real quick. Yeah. Um, I don't know why, but then like he's like one of my – I really like that fighter. He's one of those fighters that nobody knows or he's not, he's not very popular or anything. But like for some reason, I have a, a spot for him. I, I really think um, uh, Mago Madoff is a really, really good fighter, and um, I just wanted to note that. But yeah, pr- proceed. <laughs> yeah, I like. <laughs> he's not in the UFC anymore. I don't know why. I don't know why he's not in the UFC anymore. It's some bullshit. Because like he, he's one dimensional, and he only fights like once a year, and yeah. um, he I doesn't like speak yourself. English. Uh, true. Yeah, yeah. He, true. 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 He's ba- he's basically a a good guy like a good fighter but he's never gonna fight for the title and he's yeah, gonna be he's gonna beat a lot of guys who are up and coming yeah that's true yeah yeah i just like yeah. him you know he's got that yeah. really nice like left uh, liver kick yeah and i don't think anybody does that in the in, in, in mma like yeah. nobody does that in mma i feel like that's that's a really 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 uh good move like I, i'm trying to emulate that myself too you know and i think yeah. that's probably one of the one of the really really good moves that nobody does in mma like uh, like 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 how low you know those low calf kicks like is, are very 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 effective these days. I yeah. think um a, that left um that left liver kick that really quick one that Rashid Rashid Megamedov does I think that could be one of those weapons that are that that's that's, that's just as good as as one of those kicks you know well not just yeah. as good but a really underutilized uh, uh move but uh, let me digress and yeah go ahead proceed my yeah. bad I took it off I just wanted to say he's a really cool fighter but you know yeah it's all good I think if you would have. Yeah entered the UFC 10 years prior to when he did, then he would have had a, a much more better chance of staying with the organization. Because he, en- yeah, he entered yeah. the UFC when he was like 30. Oh, and, yeah. and then he got he got let go. So like 2014, he was 30 years old already. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, anyway. Go ahead. Me, uh, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so uh, we got here... Uh, so yeah, uh, then he so Bobby Green beat the ghost of Eric Koch by decision, and then he lost to Drakkar Close, um, and then he lost to Francisco Trinaldo. So all those, um, so those are seven, and then we count the Josh Thompson fight, which is a pure striking one. So basically, <clears throat> he fought eight strikers in a row, essentially. And then aside from, uh, even though one of those eight guys was a striker, um, Banada took him down four times, uh, which is which was. Uh, a rarity, which is like Venata just kind of surprised him, I guess, in that fight. So he's been fighting strike pure strikers um, for a long time now. And uh, prior to that, um, the last wrestler he fought was uh, the ghost of Pat Healy, uh, like six and a half years ago. So I just think that um, I think that uh, Clay Guida is going to get his wrestling going, especially since this is a smaller cage. He's going to be able to push the pace, and while while uh, Clay Guida is definitely a um, definitely a sitting duck when it's at range, the fight is at range. He's going to be closing that distance uh, as soon as possible. He's probably going to do his normal overhand uh, right into a uh, into a uh, a clinch, like a clinch rush press against the cage, and then he's going to hold him there and kind of uh, do whatever, and then get a single leg or maybe a double, probably a single leg, or try with a single leg, then go for a double. He's going to do his thing like he usually does and try to press him against the cage and get a takedown. And um, or at least tire him out. He's gonna do enough to just keep busy like he usually does. And uh, I think that at plus, what is he? Plus one ninety five. Um, and then his decision line is what? Plus three hundred still? Or let me see. Plus yeah, Guida's decision is plus three hundred. 
I see I see Guida just wanting it more and using his wrestling in a smaller cage against a guy who has mentally been done for a long time is and is a part time fighter and has not progressed as a has not grown as a fighter in in many years. Um, so yeah, give me Clay Guida all day here. I already have a a, a few units on him at his uh, plus one ninety five uh, money line. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm on the other side. I'm, I'm gonna take Bobby Green by finish, I think. But um, what what did you take his decision line? The Guida decision line. I took his money line just because I wouldn't be surprised if he could uh, get like a RNC. I just felt more oh. I, just, I just felt more comfortable in his as plus yeah, one. Yeah, why not? You know, it's only a hundred points difference, so. Yeah, if if it if it doesn't stay if it doesn't stay at at a distance, do you still see Bobby Green winning? Yeah, I do. I actually do. I think I think Bobby Green can match his wrestling, in All my right. opinion. All right. Yeah. Well, if you feel that, then then go for it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I actually will. So, um, um, Jim Miller versus Roosevelt Roberts. I think this fight's at um one fifty five, right? Yeah, one fifty five. Uh, yeah. It's at a catch weight. Let me see here. The UFC website doesn't have a weight class this one here it is at uh where are we at here catch weight of 160 160 yeah hmm. okay well because roosevelt roosevelt just fought not too long ago so he probably yeah, won that yeah, extra five pounds right okay makes sense well i mean roosevelt roberts he's not really a big dude i mean he's I mean, he's a really tall lanky dude but he's not very like he's, he's still kind of skinny you know yeah and then miller he's a short in stature as well so um maybe, maybe that won't make a difference for either guy but um, Roosevelt Roberts, um, really like him. He's negative 225 to come back on Miller is plus 185. Uh, you know, I'm a huge Jim Miller fan, you know, uh, um, and, uh, man, this is going to be a bad fight for him. <laughs> so, yeah. um, it, it sucks. You know, I love Jim Miller. He's, he's good old Jim Miller, you know, USA in this bitch, you know, <laughs> Yeah. but, um, Man, yeah, he's gonna get. I think he's gonna get dropped. He's gonna get dropped here, and uh, he probably he's probably gonna get finished. You know, mm-hmm. Miller is known to be really tough, you know, and, and he fights until then. But man, he's he's way out out like size. Like he's on a pro, like the height difference, the reach difference, the age difference. Like man, this this is spelling doom for Jim Miller. And um um, I got Roosevelt Roberts by finish. Uh, I'm guessing it's gonna be a TKO. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean Roberts is is a is a pretty good grappler too. Mm-hmm. I think he you know he'll probably threaten with some you know guillotines here and there, but he probably won't be able to choke out Jim Miller. But I do think he'll probably TKO him at some point, probably on the feet, drop him, and then uh, yeah, finish him off here. But um, yeah, man, Miller's he's old man. The guy has so much mileage on him and so much wear and tear. Like I don't have to tell anybody this. Like everybody knows who Jim Miller is. And yeah. uh, like, what are you gonna do about it? He's he's in uh, him him and Clay Guider are in the same territory, um, and Miller actually has a win over him. But in that fight, like even Clay Guida dropped him. Uh, oh, did he drop him? He rocked him. He I know he rocked him, and then Clay Guida went in for the kill, and then got himself dropped. So yeah, they're both in the same territory of just high damage. Their their damage meter is just way at the end of their, you know, career. So um, yeah, give, give me Roosevelt Roberts all all, all the way, and I love. Uh, the uh, this, this type of prospect, uh, Roberts, just because he's um pretty well rounded, he's kind of gritty. I like his striking. Uh, uh, he's got pretty good grappling. He's uh, you know, I love that little that you know, he's got a, a sick front head choke. You know, mm-hmm. so um, yeah, give me give me Roberts. Yeah, um, 
I think that if Jim Miller doesn't uh, get a quick takedown, uh, he, he needs a quick takedown in that first round. If he doesn't get it, like I'll probably, probably go for like a quick single or something like that. If he can't get that, then he's fucked. Um, we have uh, – I'm not going to really break down Jim Miller because everyone listening already knows his skill set and everything about him, his backstory, all that stuff. So basically um, the reason why I think Roosevelt Roberts is going to win here, I think he's going to he's gonna hit um, Jim Miller with a, a clean one-two at some point that's going to like not knock him down or knock him out or anything like that, but it's going to wobble him or stun him enough to where he's going to – He's gonna eat a bunch of follow-up shots, and um, yep, and then uh, it's it's gonna be bad just because I think that there's it's I don't know I don't know it's unless he gets a takedown his only his only chances if uh, Jim Miller's only chances if he gets a takedown and gets in an advantageous position. Um, yeah, the, the height piled on the damage thing. The height and the length, so the height and the reach. For uh, the predator as well as the striking, and um, it's just it's just too much. One second. Excuse me. Anyway, um, we have a uh, predator. Uh, we have uh, Roosevelt the predator Roberts. God damn, something's in my throat. <clears throat> Sorry. We have uh, Roosevelt Roberts. He trains at Carlson Gracie Jiu Jitsu along with uh, two other guys who are tall and lanky. Just sure you like don't him. want to get a glass of water, man. <laughs> <clears throat> God damn, what the hell is in my throat? Anyway, so uh, Roosevelt Roberts, he trains with uh, Andre Yule and also uh, Jalen Turner over at Carlson Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. Uh, those guys are also uh, tall and lanky just like Roberts. And uh, similar, similar skill set except for Roberts is clearly more skilled than they are as far as uh, Jiu-Jitsu and stuff. But um, yeah, I just, I'm, I'll just cut it short. I just think that Jim Miller is going to get finished in that first round, um, <clears throat> probably like around the two-minute mark, two-and-a-half-minute mark. And um, is, is he coming off a winner or a loss? Let me see here. I don't even know. Who, Jim Miller? Yeah. He's coming off a loss to Scott Holtzman. Uh, yeah, he did. Yeah. He looked gas, pretty gassing there. Scott just lined up that right hand, just kept catching him on, on the counter. And, you know, Miller's reflexes have gone to shit, so he yeah. just kept getting hit by the same shit. Yeah, right like, hand. I guess, like, and, 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 and freaking, uh, and Roosevelt has a really, really, really educated right hand, so. Yeah, like, he basically, back when he had that four-fight losing streak, he was like, oh, yeah, the whole, uh, that whole sickness thing that I had was, like, messing up my, 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 I don't know, my the fight Lyme somehow. Disease. Yeah, the Lyme disease. Yeah. So he lost to what, Dustin Poirier, Anthony Pettis, Francisco Trinaldo, yeah. and Dan Hooker, okay. And then, took away some of his prime, that sucks. But then. I guess he said it like, oh, I'm back now. I got it cured or whatever. And now I'm fighting against Alex White. He beats Alex White in the first round. That's, that wasn't really uh, anything special. Then he loses to Charles Oliveira. I'm not sure why he was fighting Charles Oliveira in the first place. That was a terrible matchup for him. Mm -hmm. um, and then he beat Jason Gonzalez, uh, who was just mm -hmm. tall for the weight class, and that's about it. 